Yeah. If I die tomorrow, I hope you hear these words. I ain't here to flip no birds or sit no serve. Hope the future generations can get this urge. Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds. Uh. And as always, we're introduced by the awesome Lou Sife. Make sure yes. you check out his album, The Agenda. Welcome, guys. It is another night. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. Tones, let them know. Oh, it's Nerds Live Night. <laughs> <laughs> we is live, ready, and we is sharing right now. So we want you guys to give us a like, to subscribe, to follow, everything. So um, is this your boy, Sebastian? And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And please give him that warning, Tone. Ah, yes, of course. We are diving into the depths of episode three of WandaVision. And as always, this is a spoiler-full conversation. So as you know that we learned in 2019, Tony Stark dies. Poor Tony Stark. Rest in peace. We although, miss you. Although he's coming back, I think. I don't know. I'm sure MCU <laughs> will throw cash at him like they throw cash at Chris Evans. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, Chris Evans is coming back as Cap. <laughs> oh, no, we're gonna get old man Cap, Hydra Cap, something Cap. It's no, gonna man. be Cap. Secret Invasion Cap. I don't know. So um, also, too, guys, I should let you know, check out the description. So every week, every Tuesday, we're going to be rotating with um, all of our favorite podcast friends out there that are doing stuff, whether it be Twitch, podcasting, streaming. So check out the Nerds the Nerds Network description in the links. This way, you can check out everybody, which includes the Medusa's Cascade podcast, Comics Cast, and all our friends out there. So without further ado, I want to bring in our guest. Um, you saw him. He played Substitute last time. He came on. He was with us with the Cast the Crazy episode when we got to talk to those crazy guys about their kickstarter give it up for the one the only ink creates brian what's up brian hey hey going? what's going Welcome on Brian? back happy tuesday oh yes yeah. yes 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 that five o'clock shadow's growing in since we last oh, saw you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes fast yeah. it is back you can hear this guy this next guest you can hear him on the year sports cast um radio show on Whatever network you get him on, I'm pretty sure he's going to definitely share it because you could catch him on Facebook, YouTube. You could catch him up there. He is also known as the voice of a generation. If you have not been to a BCW event, you missed this guy's commentary. I want to give it up. Time. Oh, yeah. This guy's tons of fun. Oh, and if you've been to Comic-Con, you have definitely seen him walk around as Quail Man and um, Jay Jonah Jameson. Give it up for Pete Rosado. What's Yo. up, everybody? Happy Tuesday night. It is great to be back. It's been a while since I've been on the seated at the round table. Yes, it has been a minute. Yes, it is the last been time a you were here, we, we we talked, we talked a lot of shit. Then we started the record. Then we <laughs> a lot of shit after that. So, yes. it was, oh man, that was and, and and I think the craziest part about that is none of us were drunk. No, 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 no. no we weren't. We weren't drunk. That whole, was a whole history lesson on wrestling. I was a, I was out of my element. It was just the two of these fools just talking, and then Seabash is throwing me a bone every once in a while. And I was like, uh. I, I would toss the hail marys to anybody. You listen, if you need a hail mary guy, I am here for you. <laughs> anyway, we are here to talk about. Wanda Vision episode uh, three, Jesus, which has man. been awesome. <laughs> it has been yeah. awesome. I I love like we, me and Tony, have been doing a deep dive into the show, learning all the Easter eggs. There's just so much to cover in the show. So let's get into. It. I mean, how have you guys have been enjoying the season since Pete is making his fun his return to the show? Pete, how have you been liking the show so far? 
Oh man, I've been I've been enjoying it. it. Really, I really like the fact, first of all, that Marvel is dropping it, you know, weekly. You know, and it's not just throwing everything up there and letting people just consume it all in one shot. Because as much as I want to, um, I do miss the the love of the episodic television show where you're waiting every week. And obviously, I mean, I'm dating myself here, but you know, weekly television used to be like family appointment viewing. Right. You know, everybody would get together on a certain day at a certain time and you'd watch a specific show and then you'd wait for the next episode to happen. And it's really great with WandaVision, what they're doing. And it's pissing me off because I'm in this weird space of just like, I want to know what the heck is going to happen next. I want to get this done and over with. But I'm also loving the long the long game, as, as we so put it. Brian, yeah. give us your thoughts. I I mean, I again, I, I'll echo what. Um, well, uh, I, I echo those words. Um, so I think um, I think it adds to the uh, to the buzz because uh, it gives people time to uh, to chat about it. Um, so it's, it's given me time to kind of catch up and kind of rewatch everything. I don't like everything to be, you know, thrown at me. I don't like binging. I do like the old school style of of, of things. So I do. I do like it so far. There's so many Easter eggs. There's so many, um, so many hints. It's I, I I love that they're dropping so much information. At least from from a comic book perspective, you know, for the people who don't read comic books, you might have a little a little harder time figuring things out. <laughs> but uh, but for people who know the comic books and know the story, there's there's so much to unpack from this show, and it's so good. I love it. Yeah, most definitely. Just, you know, I, I'm, w- I'm with you, Pete. Like, I've been, you know, ever since, uh, you know, the boys went episodic and then Mandalorian went episodic. Although I feel Mandalorian did it better than the boys. Here, you know, it's making me wait. It's making me, you just want it. But I, I can't for the life of me deal with these running times because they're a fucking illusion. <laughs> they're a goddamn illusion. It says like 35 minutes and the shit's like 15 minutes of crap. I'm like, yo, this isn't a movie. Like, come on, man. Mandalorian's credits were beautiful. I, I-, I will watch those credits because of the song and the water pictures and everything. These, they kill me. I'm like, oh, that's this is the way. <laughs> it but, is. This is the way. But let's jump into her. Like, I'm going to jump in, jump around the episode because there's things I definitely want to hit on. So let's talk about Herb and Agnes. What the hell were they talking about? Herb glitching like an NPC in a bad video game. <laughs> And so, also sounds, to, sounds like a day in Cyberpunk 2017. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was their that was oh, their like callback the to Cyberpunk. Avengers came out. Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> no shade. I play Cyberpunk. It's a good time, but there's a lot of fucking bucks. <laughs> Herb, had a, Herb, Herb had a WWE 2K20 moment. Just like <laughs> oh, right. How, how, what was your thoughts on what was going on with this? That the conversation that we saw that. Um, Agnes and Herb were having Herb glitching, and then she came here because we all. And then he just bounces off. What, what was your thoughts on that? I, I think they are. I think they're trapped. I think that. Um, I think that uh, Agnes and and Herb are um, are people who used to live in the town that existed there. So I think something. I think something happened with Wanda that she kind of just took over this little town and the people that were living in that town became uh, people who were living in this uh, inner alternate reality. So I think Herb is and Agnes are kind of trapped in there. But I also feel like Agnes is kind of suspect because I feel like she's she has so many 
so many moments where you kind of trust her and you don't. So I think I think they're trapped. I think that's what they are. Pete, what is your take on it? I mean, it's, you know, and I know you guys spoke last week about the idea about the big rumor going around, which, you know, everyone's expecting and I'm almost expecting Marvel to swerve us at this point because everyone's expecting it. Agnes being, you know, Agatha Harkness. Um, and so because to me, she also shows a modicum of control over what's going on. She seems a lot more self-aware than everyone else is. Um, and it's almost like she's playing a role versus everyone else is kind of programmed into this situation, being controlled. And when they have those moments of breaking out, either people like her or to a degree, uh, Wanda have the ability to bring them back into control. And it was very telling because Herb, you know, it's almost as if Agatha was dropping hints to tell, to get Herb to break out of character, but then at the same time, didn't want him to fully break out of character because she made him stop at the same time. So it's going to be very interesting to see where Agnes goes because this was also an episode where we didn't see a lot of her. Yeah. The first yeah. two episodes, she was very heavy in, in what was going on throughout the entire episode. And this one, she was re she only really appeared for that scene and that was it. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they play her moving forward, because again, I'm halfway expecting Marvel to swerve everyone and her not <laughs> be who you think she is. Yeah. Tony. I agree. I mean, I mean, I, I hear, I hear you because Marvel does like to try to throw, throw us off the scent, but it's just also like all the, all the goddamn Easter eggs with, 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 <laughs> with Agatha, man, the pendant and the, you know, all the little things that she says in the last three episodes and the bike, it's just, it, it's too on the nose. And sometimes they've been like that where like something's just on the nose and you're just waiting for them to confirm it. Um, you know, but with the whole thing with, with, with Herb and, and glitching out, it, it kind of felt like she was there to kind of unglitch him because he was. He was hedging the fucking concrete with just him and Vision, and Vision's just like, dude, <laughs> what is this? This, this is the cyberpunk. This is the nineteen seventies. That head trimmer has no business cutting through, cutting through those <laughs> rocks. And it's also, and it's also flipping in the fact that Vision, technically, you know, is also made up. His 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 sentience is made up at this point because he was killed, and him just his his made up self figuring out that he's in a simulation which Wanda is trying desperately to skip and we get that one scene where like it's literally a chop like we don't even get the rewind it's just where are we and then okay. <laughs> they just flip the script so it's interesting on on what Agatha is doing in regards to her kind of bringing everything back within the simulation and then uh, all the other folks in there having their moments of of tweakiness, of glitchiness. But I, 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 for me, and I'm going to throw this out there just for everybody. I like the fact that we have two things going on in that scene. First of all, Agnes is talking to Herb. The rumors that Herb could possibly be the high evolutionary Herbert Eggert Wyndham and Agnes, who is known as Agatha Harkness. They both have ties to Wanda's early years as a child and Agnes as Wanda's teacher. And then we also get that whole thing of, again, hinting that Agna Harkness, which we see the bike. And one of the things that they pointed out was that the bike looks very similar to the one that the Wicked Witch of the West was riding in the Wizard of Oz. So it's like, is this what Marvel's trying to swerve us? But um, as we were talking backstage, 
I'm, I'm feeling that, um, you know, to get because we could stay on this whole Agnes and um, Herb thing. This is possibly also helping to set up for the young Avengers because we've already know that Casey Lang is in the universe. Now we get in this episode the introduction to Tommy and Billy who are born, who are known as Wicked and Speed. Kate Bishop is going to be in Hawkeye. America Chavez has been casted. Miss Marvel has been casted. And then um, Kane the Conqueror has been casted as John, John the Mage is playing Kane the Conqueror. How do you guys feel that this is a possible setup of an origin story of down the line we're going to get to get the Young Avengers? I mean, I think, I think we're definitely going to get some form of the Young Avengers. It's more so of how Wanda's children play into this. Like, are her children just a manipulation of what she's feeling? And like I'm sure maybe eventually they, they do the pregnancy card down the line and she actually does have these kids and they do play a part into it. But it's really what I don't know what they're going to do with the kids. If the kids are really going to play into the Young Avengers story or is it going to be uh, what we think, what we talked about last week about how they're going to be uh, – given to Mephisto to create him. And like, that's what, that's what uh, Agatha's doing. So it young Avengers is going to happen, but I, I think, but it's really where the kids are going to play into it. And if they're just used more as a plot device versus new fleshed out characters, at least for, for now in the 2021 years of things. We'll go to the voice of the generation for his thoughts. I mean, one what up, the, George? What's up, George? One of the biggest things that we all understand, and we saw this with what happened with Endgame is that, the 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 long running characters, the older characters, are not going to be there that long. I mean, you're you've obviously we've seen Chris Evans move on, even though there's rumors that he may be coming back in some form and fashion. We don't know what. Um, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. has moved on. There's been rumors that Marvel is, is interested in the Ironheart IP and doing something with that. Um, you know. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is gone as, as Black Widow, and you're probably going to see Elena Belova take take over for her. We don't know how the Black Widow movie is going to turn out. Um, so these legacy characters that we've seen, and that's always been the biggest thing with Marvel, right? The, the biggest in difference between Marvel and DC is that DC has been able to have its main its main set of heroes have a rotating cast, with the exception of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Everybody else has different personas. There's been different Green Lanterns and different mm -hmm flashes and things like that versus in Marvel that didn't really happen until maybe about a decade ago, right? You didn't see that the change from the main characters. And I think with the MCU obviously being much different from the comic universe, the actors aren't going to be able to do it when you're talking about maybe three movies, four movies takes 10 years to do, right? So you're going to have to go younger at some point and the Young Avengers would be a good thing to do. It's just going to be very interesting to see if the Young Avengers captures the imagination of the fans as well as the legacy characters did. Because that that could be the biggest problem is are people going to buy the Young Avengers the way they bought the Avengers? And I think even as comic book fans, and I'm sure Brian can touch on this, is like, there was a shift in the comics and even in the comic crowd. There were a large number of people who just did not accept the moving on from the legacy characters. And, and I wonder if we're going to see that with the, the, the MCU audience as well. Brian. I agree. I, I, I think, I think Marvel, Marvel does need to push a younger, younger heroes that could definitely uh, fill up another, uh, another 10 years of what the movies, obviously you can't keep, doing it with the original cast because they've aged and you know it's it's just typical hollywood you know to, to go younger after um 
a few years of, of having a franchise. But um, I mean, I'm I'm personally excited about the Young Avengers. There's there's so many different power sets that they have, and there's so many storylines that you could you can do with them. So I, I I'm excited for the Young Avengers. Um, I just hope that uh, everyone else likes them because uh, um, so yeah, I mean it's it's all they they, they just want to go younger. I think um. I'm excited for them. I'm super excited. I mean, the story's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I I think there's been there's been a lot of stories that the main MCU hasn't touched yet, which were where where there's rumors that they're going to touch the idea of you know uh, sec- uh, secret invasion and and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bring those stories to life because I think those are the really big stories that people are interested to see. I mean, they made nods to some of the more recent stories. Like, obviously, in Endgame, we saw the nod to Hydra Cap, right? Even though they haven't full-on done a Hydra Cap, right? You know, this is going to be they, – they've bypassed, obviously, Winter Soldier as Captain America, and they look like they're going straight to Falcon as Captain America. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see how they play in a lot of these characters because, you know – Obviously, they're, they're going to change some origins. If they bring Riri Williams in to play Ironheart, you know, is she going to have a situation where Robert Downey Jr. as a artificial, as a consciousness of Iron Man is, is how she kind of gets to where she gets to before she breaks out on her own? You know, how is, how is the Spider-Man story? And I think it's just so interesting because I was reading something, an interview that um, – Paul Bettany did just recently where he said the ending to WandaVision is really going to catapult and change the way everyone sees the MCU, which I think is going to be very necessary moving forward. There's a lot that I think picking off on that, which um, because we are getting, I think, a lot of Easter eggs and potential of what we may see come out of WandaVision. Because, again, we did have a House of M reference in the very first episode with the bottle of wine. But in terms of the Young Avengers, I guess what we have to keep an eye out for is Patriot, Prodigy, who is a mutant, um, Novar, who's a Kree, which we know the Kree are in the, um, have been introduced in the MCU, and Hulking, who's a Scroll, who again, the Scrolls have been introduced to the MCU. But I'm um, going on to Agatha's pendant, which um, now that we have everything in mm-hmm. color, we see something which is pretty interesting was the three figures. Oh. And a lot of people are referencing that the three figures are the three Norns, who we last saw as rep- um, actually spoke to Thor in the Age of Ultron. What do you guys think about um, you know, those callbacks we're starting to see now? And Brian, we'll start with you. Uh, I think I think uh, her pending does have a lot to do. She's always wearing it in every shot. So, um, there's so many speculations about who the three could be. Um, some people think it might be still in the twins. Um, <clears throat> so I do, I do think that there's a lot of mysteries with with the pendant. Um, but to also kind of circle back um, with the glitch. That, that also happened. Um, if you realize, I think when Wanda is triggered by what um, Geraldine uh, said about her brother, that's when they started to glitch. So I feel like um, so I feel like that was all under Wanda's time uh, to and and just losing control, and that's how they were able to glitch. But as far as Agnes. Um, there's so many mysteries with her. She, it almost feels like she's, she's, she's conscious about what's going on. 
um, there was a part in the, uh, I think in the second episode, where uh, she's talking to the mailman, and um, it it almost seems like she was trying to protect uh, anything from coming in to to get Wanda to sort of uh, just uh, come back to normal again. So I think um, Agnes is protecting her from something. Don't know what. We have yet to find out. <laughs> but um, yeah, her pendant. There's there's so many mysteries with her pendant. Pete. Well, the first thing I got was actually a much different reference. I I thought back to like, you know, I I'm you know I'm a big history buff, a big literature guy. I thought back to like the Fates and Macbeth and, and you know things like that. Yeah. The idea of of the prophecies and you know and witches and prophecies and, and things like that. So I kind of went down that road. I, I went totally Shakespeare with it. Um, but you know what I find to be super interesting because you brought you brought it up a little earlier was the well actually Tone brought it up was the, the non-sentience or lack thereof of vision. But yet he is very, not only sentient, but where he's very reactive to the world around him, which normally if, you know, we're talking about sentience being created, it's not necessarily one that's reactive. It's more the one that's kind of programmed. Yet vision almost seems in this entire show in the first three episodes, he's actively reacting to everything and questioning everything rather than just kind of going through the motions. I know that there's rumors that um, the brother of Wonder Man, who if anyone who is an old school comic head would, would know that the vision was originally created, vision that was originally created by Ultron was patterned after the brainwaves of the hero Wonder Man and used the body of the Human Torch, the original one, not the Fantastic Four one. Um, you know, so there's been rumors that the brother of Wonder Man is going to be in the show. Um, and so it's going to be very interesting to see how that relation happens, if there's any callback to that. But I did want to postulate one other thing. Want to really talk about a swerve here. Everyone's thinking, <laughs> everyone's thinking, and I started thinking about this after watching the episode, and then I watched it a second time. Everyone's thinking that S.W.O.R.D. is trying to figure out what's going on with Wanda and save Wanda and break her out of this. What if they're the bad guys? What if Agatha, if this is Agatha Harkness, if this is the doing of whoever it is the doing of, what if whoever's doing this is actually trying to help Wanda go through whatever she's going through in a safe space? Um, and Sword is just overreacting as a government agency would do, right? Um, in the sense of maybe they're just like, oh, this is a bad thing. Something's going wrong. Maybe what's happening to Wanda in Westview and in this whole simulation is what she needs to work through this so she doesn't break bad, right? And so I wonder if maybe that flips things on its head. If Because there's been a big question about this being some version of Wanda working through grief. What if this really is that? But she's... They, they, you know, the people who are doing it, Agatha and all the other ones, are putting her in this safe space to be able to do that safely, understanding the the wildness that could be uh, Wanda's powers. And Sword is just like, we don't know what's going on. We got to get in here. We got to figure out what's going on. You know, which could also explain why it seems if Agatha, if Agnes is Agatha, why she has a modicum of control over what's going on. 
I mean, I could probably agree with that um, because, again, we don't know what exactly the role is for Sword in this universe. But for me, there's um, some imagery of that hexagon, which I think also plays a bigger role. Like you said, Marvel has this big swerve. Um, the hexagon, even though people are, are associated with witchcraft, the hexagon is also associated with AIM's logo design, which could be that we're having Sword and AIM probably battling each other in terms of trying with control with um, Wanda. So I, I think with the, the next few episodes, as as we start to get those nuggets, we, we know now that Geraldine, who is a.k.a. Monica Rembrew, um, which also to, um, we'll, we'll get into a second, but um, we know she works for S.W.O.R.D., and they're saying that this also could be an origin story for her, because when she gets tossed out of there, they're like, oh, she has this red energy around her. Does, is this how she gets her powers? But... Um, I want to touch up on this the the fact that with Wanda here it is it was over here. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I had this right here. It was just right here. Let's go back into Geraldine. So, do you think that this is going to be an origin story for her as well? Since this is the first time we're seeing her since um, Captain Marvel, now as an adult, and then she gets tossed out with that red energy swirling around her. I mean, what are all your guys' thoughts? I mean, I, I want to go with Tone first on this one. I mean, it would make sense. You know, we're not going to really – she's not really going to get – I don't think she's going to get her own movie. Um, and, you know, Marvel, what Marvel likes to do too, what we've noticed, is that when they throw in new su superheroes, they either get their origin within within something or they already have their, they already have their power. You know, Spider-Man was really easy, really classic. Throw him in the Civil War. We know who he is. Black Panther – Black Panther was Black Panther, but we still kind of got an origin story with him losing the powers and getting it back. With uh, with Monica Rambeau, we met her in Captain Marvel. We know her relationship with Captain Marvel and the relationship her mom has with Captain Marvel. It only makes sense that before she gets these powers, she wants to do something bigger than herself. So she uses what we think sword um, or maybe an infiltrator of, of sword just to try to do something greater than herself. Because the only instance of story that we get potentially is at the end of... Uh, of uh, the second Spider-Man movie, and we, you know, that's not confirmed if that was them or not. So I think it, it's a pretty good origin story for her, especially if she gets her powers from from Wanda. Wanda got her powers from the Mind Stone, so maybe her potentially doing that could do something within her chemistry to give to give her something, um, and then she becomes she has a greater role in the MCU potentially either going into Guardians Three or doing something with. Uh, with Doctor Strange too, because we know Wanda's going to be in Doctor Strange too. What's to say that Monica and Rambeau won't be in Doctor Strange too? Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I do think it's a origin story for us to know who she is and for her to maybe you know get more into herself and get those get those powers. Pete, tagging in the mouth of the voice of the generation. I, so I want to kind of push back on something that you said. I don't. I'm not completely sold that Monica is working for Sword. No. The the, the, the fact that she was completely baffled by how to answer. See, here's the thing. A lot of people were like, one of the big questions that came out of it, well, if she was an implanted agent, why would she blow her cover? Right? And so I don't, I think a lot of people are assuming, oh, the sword necklace, she works for sword. What if sword implanted her without her being an agent of sword? What if sword, you know, kind of found a way to get Monica in there without her working for them. And she kind of woke up in this world. You know, we get this idea of like the beekeeper. A lot of people were talking about all these different versions of who the beekeeper might be and things like that, but we did see the sword logo on him. 
what if sword is trying to infiltrate and they're trying to see what's going on and the beekeeper was this beginning of understanding maybe how to break through the barrier and if monica you know geraldine was planted there right in in a sense of she doesn't work for us but we're gonna you know we're gonna use her to kind of to have an inside ear because there's no way anyone who's an implanted agent who's trying to do undercover work would have blown their cover the way that she did Right. So yep. either if she's working for them, either that was intentional and then being thrown out was expected, but also her reaction to kind of like there was a bit of confusion when she was found by sword. Like she was a little confused to even see them. Right. So there were a lot of things that just doesn't have me sold that Monica's working directly for them. Um, and maybe she was kind of you know, used by sword to get in because they found a way to get someone in and wanted an agent on the inside. Because again, they're able to see this apparently through this television that they're able to watch whatever's going on in there. Right. But I think they kind of wanted an inside person, but didn't want an agent. Right. Cause well, the agents yeah. are going to screw up. I, I mean, to, to that, to that point too, like we don't, in episode two, we don't see Geraldine until after Wanda sees the helicopter. So, you know, she could have brought the helicopter in and through her consciousness that became a toy. And then Geraldine just shows up at the, you know, at the, ta at the, at the talent show. It did. It did. The helicopter did seem like it crashed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Her bush. yeah. So what if, you know, somehow, some way they got it in, you know, well, but there was a malfunction, but Geraldine was able to survive and get there safely, but she didn't know she was even supposed to be there. What if the beekeeper was coming in to kind of get her out? You know, we well, what's this? Remember in the first, in the second episode, when it opened, we were hearing those sounds like it sounded like boom, boom, boom. And it, that could have been when the helicopter got in. Because remember, after that, that's when they found the helicopter in the morning. And that's probably how Geraldine got in. But um, keep in mind also, yeah. too, um, the second time we heard that, that's when they came outside. They saw the person in the beekeeper's outfit who people are referencing aim and then sword and all that. So, again, it could be Wanda fucking with this because she rewound time, which she has done twice. And, again, we're starting to see more of her power set. Uh, now, in Geraldine's case, it's like when she was talking to Wanda and Wanda had the twins, it's like she was kind of losing control of this world because, again, Wanda, um, that's known in the comics. This has happened a lot in the comics that they're referencing. Like in Avengers Disassembled, she kind of lost her mind and killed like Hawkeye, um, Vision, Jack of all trade, um, Jack of Hearts. Like she killed them in the books. Um in this stage, it could have been that she was losing her hold on whatever Matt, whatever possessed Geraldine, in my opinion, with this. And that Geraldine just it's first of all, Geraldine's outfit. Um, one of the things people pointed out, it was a play on old school shields colors of their uniform. So again, hence agent, you know, kind of showcasing that. The other thing is that, you know, she, it sounded like she had information that was privileged to someone who would work for a company because like who else would know that her brother died from, you know, by Ultron. So it's not like she was already privileged, privileged to top secret information. Well, and wouldn't that have been a world? I mean, everyone saw what happened in Sokovia. It's not like it was a secret what happened. It's not like it's, you know, so I, I would have, I wasn't really concerned that that was secret information. Like everyone knew what kind of happened in Sokovia. It was kind of a public thing. That's kind of what, um, Civil War was all about the fact that everyone saw it. Everyone knew what was happening at what had happened. It was a, a major world event and stuff like that. So 
I mean, you know, I mean, it's 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 possibilities, I guess. And you know, it's and weird. Geraldine was a kid. Remember, yeah, there, there's a time jump here. So you know, also remember that Geraldine could have, you know, the way that she recovered that memory could have also been something that from her childhood, like, wait, he was, you know, kind of like confirming, like that that happened. But I think we're gonna. But Brian, let's let's get to you now about this, like the whole thing. Which we we just left a lot of nuggets there for you to to kind of piggyback off of. Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I kind of circled around a bit about the idea if Sword is actually uh, doing this to her, but also if they're not doing it, if they're not doing it to her, how would you explain the the radio, um, the cry for help that kind of asks Wanda, who's doing this to you? There's something, there's something going on with her. Um, so I, I kind of just like think about that. So if you, if you, if you think Shield is doing it to her, how would you explain the music uh, from the radio, the voice that's coming from the radio, which is uh, um, Jimmy Woo from, from Sword. Yeah, Jimmy Woo. That's right. Jimmy Woo is um, rumored to be with Sword. That's a good point because they've they've casted him. He we're gonna see him this season, um. But let's move because again we we it, there's just a lot with this show. It's, but um, did you, there's just a lot. What I, think, what I think is really interesting though going into that is again, I feel like what if Scarlet Witch is doing this of her own volition? She went to get help. She went to find help. She went to kind of deal with her own fractures and trauma. She found Agatha or whoever is doing this to her, and they've helped her in this. This is all a, a plan that Scarlet Witch is complicit in because she's trying to get help on her own. And Sword or Shield or whoever is kind of like this whole thing. We don't know what's going on. We, we need to know what's happening, who's doing this, blah, 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 blah. They have no idea what's happening because she didn't go to them. So I'm wondering, again, it's like Sword just kind of meddling, like, we want to know what's going on, but she's like, yo, I got this. I think we're, again, think we're, we're getting those nuggets. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Then we'll move on to the next one. I just wanted to point out, what if, um, what if Wanda just reached out to, to Agatha as a way to sort of uh, deal with her trauma, and, and then it's, it's sort of this, whatever's going on became like a manifestation of her losing power or Agatha trying to teach her to control her power and then all oh, this happened, and then Ford kind of realized there's something going on. We need to check that out. Well, it's so, a possibility. Yeah. 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 And then, because um, they they did they have said that Scarlet Witch's powers are kind of like opportunities, but it's just uncontrolled energy. So um, I kind of dabbled on that a little bit. Um, like, what if you know what if, what if she just reached out to this old witch? Who was Agatha, and then she just started mentally training her, and then that's when things got out of control, and that's why Agatha feels sometimes like she's in control, but also playing the game a little bit. Um, so I think that's also one of my theories with that. But the next thing I want to point out is, did you guys like when in the credits in the opening scene when um in the intro, which by the way. Um, shout out that it was um, some stuff for Three's Company in there, Partridge Family, Brady Bunch. It's a lot of like references in that. I want to see how many that people can count. But did you notice the book that Vision was reading? A lot of people are assuming that that's the figure of either Mephisto 
or Mysterio, but I'm going to go with the with Mephisto on this since he has a higher, uh, since he has a bigger background with um, Scarlet Witch. What do you guys think of that tone? I want to get your take on that. I mean, I didn't even see the book that's in question. Uh, uh, I've seen some of the other, uh, some of the, some of the other things I saw um, that you that we have written down, but the book I didn't see. But um, you know, the Mephisto. I mean, I'm 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 doubling down. I'm really pretty much pretty much believing that Mephisto potentially will come into play, and we're going to see the devil of the MCU in here. Um, it's really how how he's going to be played out. And potentially some folks are thinking that that's who Ralph is thing. You know, everyone's thinking that Ralph is Mephisto and we'll find out who Ralph is. And, you know, in, in a, in a couple episodes later, once the kids are maybe a little bit more, a little bit more older, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think we're doubling down on Mephisto and Mephisto may become a, a, a bigger player in the MCU. Uh, maybe, you know, some sort of Loki type of character that becomes a reoccurring, a reoccurring person. Um, I don't see him just, you know, just felt to be, you know, in a one-stop shop. You know, he, he could even be the the big bad in, in Multiverse of Madness. You know, we'll, we'll see. Pete, I got I got I got a pitch for you. We get someone, put them all in red paint, make him look like the devil. And we call him Ralph. And he just comes out with um was a uh, Tenacious D plane in the background. No, no. Um, yeah. Tenacious D pick a destiny plane. First of all, <laughs> I, I, am, I am for anything that has Tenacious D <laughs> involved. Um, but, um, you know, I, you know, when you say put somebody, dress them all in red and then we're talking about the devil, I'm all of a sudden getting very bad flashbacks to cow and chicken. Uh. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Yeah. What is wrong? Um, but did you catch that reference though from Mephisto? No, I, I mean, I didn't, I like, like tone. I missed out on the book itself. Um, but there, there are, you know, the, the Mephisto references have been heavy uh, especially in the first two episodes and y'all spoke about it last week you know with the whole the devil's in the details right uh, and that's not the only place that he is um you know so there, there's a lot of references as you said we haven't seen ralph yet um so it's going to be very interesting um to figure out who ralph is uh, especially because ralph in no way shape or form connects to anything we would think of with uh, with mefesto um you know, though I, I love the way that Agnes just makes fun of him. Like, Catherine Hahn's comedic timing and the way that she was, you know, is 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 playing Agnes is is so great. Um, but I think what's really interesting because a lot of people are, you know, correlating Wandavision with House of M. Is what's very interesting is that in House of M we do have in Wanda's new reality, we do have a hero that comes back from the dead, right? So um, for those for those of you who are watching, listening, who don't remember the House of M storyline, in the real world of, you know, the 616 universe, Hawkeye had already died. And then when Scarlet Witch creates the House of M reality, Hawkeye's alive again which is what kind of clues Wolverine into the idea that this isn't real. And then Hawkeye gets, he agonizes and like loses his mind for a little bit about the fact that he's actually dead. Um, yep. And so I kind of wonder if Vision is going to play that role. If Vision plays the role of, of Hawkeye in the fact of obviously being the resurrected one um, and things like that and how, and how that, um, how that goes. Um, also interesting because there's been a lot of rumors that we may see Evan Peters. 
in some way, shape, or form. And obviously, Quicksilver had a very big, um, a very big role in the House of M, in where everyone thought it was Magneto that had made Wanda create the new reality, and it turns out to be Quicksilver. Yep. Um, and to me, the real big reference in this week's episode was the fact that she was so attached to this idea of Pietro. Um, and she was talking about him in such, you know, reverent and emotional tones, almost kind of foreshadowing this idea of what if this is all a reaction to Pietro itself. Brian, you've been tagged in. I think... I think it's, if, if it is Mephisto, because there's, again, there's a, there's a lot of nods to Devil. And also, if you circle back to episode two, um, I believe that, you know, they're, they're, when they had the talent show, they were saying, it's for children, it's for children. But there were no children in Westview. So I feel like, um, I feel like Agatha was trying to get was trying to manipulate Wanda into having children, which also uh, kind of goes back to what if Robbie Mephisto, and she's trying to get uh, Wanda to have children so that uh, they can be sacrificed for Mephisto. Um, also, I do have a theory. I feel like, um, what if Dottie is Clea? Could could be, could be. There's there's I. You you wanna know what's funny is that that Dottie um is an actress that played um a character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I, I forget who Jesse told me the other day. Um and I wouldn't be surprised if they do have a bigger role for that actress because she had such a big role, um reoccurring yeah. role on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so she's known for yeah. the shows. But the other thing too is that everyone, like a lot of the names that they chose for everybody, has had something to do within the comics, whether it was minor. Like again, we go back to Herb. Herb maybe um, the High Evolutionary. We don't know that yet, but again, the names are kind of a play on that. And bringing up clear, I mean, I won't be so. Especially the fact is that we're going to get Wanda in the Doctor Strange movie, and um. And there's a lot of interesting points coming up with this show. And like when Pete, you just brought up foreshadowing, resurrection on that. We, we're getting the concept of resurrection right now in WandaVision with the fact that Vision was resurrected. And yeah, in the, in the House of M, that's what happened with Hawkeye. And um, I mean, that is an interesting fact. And we've seen a lot of foreshadowing so far in this show that's led up to some of the moments. And then... Yeah, I, I actually agree with you on that. Maybe we we're having some foreshadowing because a lot of people like, yo, Quicksilver died real quick. We didn't get really an MCU Quicksilver. We had him in one movie, made his impact to save Hawkeye. But we haven't seen much more of the character and what the MCU can do with him. Um, do you think that with this with the, the WandaVision, um, the introduction to the multiverse concept that's been introduced to Spider-Man as well, and going into Doctor Strange and all that, do you think that we're going to get Evan Peters back as and um, Quicksilver, and do you think it's going to be in the show or sometime later? I mean, so this is to piggyback a little bit off of what we were talking about Mephisto, because I was kind of just looking some stuff up, and I, I didn't I didn't know this. I didn't know that Mephisto was was a deviant. So, um, and we're going to be getting the deviants in the Eternals movie. Yep. And my gut feeling tells me that we're going to use the Eternals to bring in mutants. And if we're going to bring in Evan Peters and Evan Peters is Quicksilver, who is a mutant 
the mutant version of Quicksilver, not the Mindstone version of Quicksilver. This is all kind of connecting this web that Feige has to bring in the mutants. So I, you know, if the rumors are true, I mean, the Spanish, the Spanish voice actor for, for Evan Peter said he's doing WandaVision. Um, and, you know, and we, we love the Pochinta. So we will, we will, <laughs> we, <laughs> uh, so I, I think, I think we may see him. I think it sucks because it would have came out of left field. If he does show up, it would have became out of left field. It would have blown everyone out of the water. So I think that's like definitely a, a surprise. Um, that would have been way better if we didn't know, because that's totally just, that's Quicksilver the mutant, and we may not talk about it yet, but that's definitely who that is, and that's you know maybe a way of bringing it into the fold. Have they confirmed uh, who Evan Peters is playing? No, they they never confirm it. They keep it a secret. What Does Marvel they- Marvel does is that they put aliases. They don't put they put like fake names to throw people off. Right, because that yeah. Evan Peters Evan Peters he doesn't have to necessarily be Quicksilver. I mean, he could be Mephisto himself. Good. I mean, he could plays be. all these creepy ass characters in American Horror Story, so you know, he could probably he could probably do it. I mean, you're right. I mean, I I probably would have been like, if he's not playing Quicksilver, if he shows up on the screen, I've been like, Evan Peters, Quicksilver, and then like, no, he's doing someone else. I'm like, all right, well, that would have been fun. But yeah, no, they can definitely <laughs> he could they could he could definitely be someone else. It's more yeah, so I mean, just I, Evan Peters is a part of the. Our Captain America was one the Human Torch. So and it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting because we haven't seen. A lot of the cast here, we we've heard uh, Wu's voice, but we haven't seen Jimmy Wu, right? We know that Kat Dennings playing Darcy is is here from from Thor. What yep. role does she have? What is she doing? Um, you know, another theory that's very interesting is that everyone in Westview works for Sword. You know, like that that it's it's a Sword facility that Wanda enveloped, which would make a lot of sense as to why S.W.O.R.D. is so easily set up a command center outside, right? Um, and so th- that's been a, a theory that I've been looking into about like everyone there works for S.W.O.R.D., um, which would then make Agnes even more interesting because I, I doubt that she does. But this idea of just like, hey, we can't we can't blow the cover, right? We can't blow the cover. And I think, you know, then that ties into Geraldine of like maybe Geraldine was too close to blowing the cover. So they needed to get her out of there. So they needed because it seemed as if Herb and Agnes were trying to paint uh, Geraldine as problematic, which would have made Vision report that back to Wanda, which probably would have made Wanda get rid of her anyway. Right. But Geraldine kind of did it herself, um, maybe unintentionally. So th- there is that other prevailing theory that this is all, you know, everyone in Westview works for S.W.O.R.D. and they're just caught up in whatever's happening with Wanda. Well, I want to point out something too that was pretty cool. Is in this episode, like the first two episodes, we got them fighting hard to try to hide their powers with the exception in episode two when Vision got the gum stuck in him, but that they're trying to hide their powers, right? In this episode, when Vision rushed to go get the doctor, he necessarily did not hide. Like, he ran to go get the doctor, and then he ran back. And um, again, hints of, like, whatever with Quicksilver and all that, too. A little callback with that. But, like, in this episode, Wanda is fighting to hide her powers with the exception until, like, everything starts to go out of control when she's giving a birth. Which is, like, again, um, and the one who saw that in the middle of that was Geraldine. 
so that's also something that's interesting there too. Also, another thing that 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 just came to mind was with the doctor who again was carried by vision. And the vision tells you know, you go home and the doctor is like, yeah, you know, could never leave a small town. Like he's like freaking out and all that. That's when it starts to get dark. He also references Bermuda and a Bermuda, Bermuda triangle. So it's like, it's like, you're kind of like stuck in somewhere that's lost right now. And I think that there, it, it was again, a callback to the first episode, the dinner table. When I think that was the first sign that Wanda was kind of losing control of this reality. When the wife of, um, when, when, so the guy choking, it's like, they kind of, like how you say, Pete, they kind of know what's going on, but they can't really act because they're kind of stuck in this reality that Wanda's created when she was flipping out. And all Which that. makes like, it interesting because of the way that Mrs. Hart was intentionally looking at Wanda, telling her very intentionally, stop it. As if she knew that Wanda was the only person who had the control to do that. And that was very telling. And so again, this goes back to that theory of like, if everyone there works for S.W.O.R.D. and they're all mm -hmm. like just stuck in this reality that Wanda has kind of created intentionally, something went wrong. And so now they're looking, because again, could it have been that Wanda was the reason why the food got stuck in Mr. Hart's throat to begin with? Right. Not that he choked, but because he was asking so many questions that Wanda found a way to kind of shut him up. And then Mrs. Hart looks at her very intentionally. No, 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 no. Stop this. We, we, you're, you need to stop it. And it gets very intentional, very scary on um, the way that she repeatedly says it because she starts by laughing and then gets really deadly serious, um, almost as if she's not playing a character, as if she's very knowledgeable as to what is going on. I, I, and, and we know that the where everything is taking place is in New Jersey. Um, we know that Captain America, it was confirmed in Winter Soldier that the base that made Captain America is in New Jersey, the Super Soldier Serum. So it's like, it won't be surprised that, like how you say, again, it leans into that theory. Like what if S.W.O.R.D., who, um, again, they changed the name that they're, you know, watching sentient beings and all that sentient weapons. Maybe they were watching Wanda, something was going on, and then they bring in, maybe like Agatha Harkness was an expert that they bring in. Maybe her as the high evolutionary was an expert that they brought in to look at Wanda. And all of a sudden her powers go out of control to create this reality. So, I mean, that's something that's really lending to that. And it's just, I feel like, Again, Kevin Feige is giving us so many breadcrumbs, dropping nuggets in each and every episode. Um, <laughs> people are like, oh, this is not working. This show. I'm like, no, I, I feel like what we're going to end up having is that a lot of us being the geeks that we are, we're going to sit through to the full end. And then those yeah. that missed out, they're going to hear it and be like, oh, now we got to watch this show. And there's going to be a whole surge once the entire show is aired and all that. With and all they the did live in now. Jersey in the comics. Yes. When too. they were married, they did live in Jersey. What if but, Wanda uh, becomes the antagonist for Doctor Strange too? That's uh, one of the things they said is a plausible rumor of possibly happening in Doctor Strange because she has been a villain in the comics. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route with her. I'm actively trying to find how far away the town that they lived in in the comics is from where the base is because the base is supposed to be in Wheaton, New Jersey. Yeah. And they've lived, they lived in Le Leonia, Leonia, however you pronounce it, Jersey. So I'm trying to figure out how far this is from each other. 
Well, New Jersey's full of nothing but military bases. <laughs> so, Toad, do you, do you, do you, what are your some of your um, thoughts on um, some of your final thoughts of what we're getting in WandaVision and all that? I mean, there's just there's just there's so many there's no there's so many strings to pull at. Uh, you know, there's so many threads that we're seeing. There's so many breadcrumbs. There's so many paths that we can follow. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. You know, I also don't know what era of TV we're going to go into. I mean, assuming we're going to go into 80s television next week, uh, this Friday. Um, how are the twins going to play into this and her being her being a mom and how that affecting, you know, how she how she's seeing the world and everything, everything around it. Are we going to get a little bit more of the 16 by nine world with uh, where Gerald, where Geraldine is? You know, I'm I'm this is one of those shows where like we have all these speculation, but I don't know where they're going next. It's just kind of like kind of waiting to see and waiting to see when these actors that we know are in the show are going to show up and what role they're going to play. So I'm, I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of excited. Pete, give us the voice. <laughs> um, I almost don't want to see um, Wanda and Vision next week. I want the episode to almost focus on what's going on outside Westview. And I think this was the perfect opportunity to kind of deviate away, right? To kind of be like, all right, we don't have to pay attention to Wanda and Vision. She just had kids. They're being parents. Let them be for a little while. Let's figure out who is sore, what are they doing, who's working for who, what's going on outside, what happened to Geraldine when she got thrown out, who she – like this is a good time to kind of get away from what's going on inside of Westview to what's going on outside of Westview. Um, kind of like uh, showing what the outside was doing in episodes one, two, and three and like getting up to when Geraldine was popped out and seeing how they react to it that way. Right. And, 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 you know, not only that, but maybe how this is all set up, I could see, and I would personally love it. I think it'd be great. The next two episodes, not even concentrate what's going on inside Westview, but kind of really setting up the story of what's happening outside of Westview, maybe how this started um, and things like that without getting into the actual focal starting point for this, which I think is going to be a much later reveal. Um, you know, so, I, I, th- th- we need to have, because I, I don't know, how many episodes are there for this season? I believe it's, two, it's 10. It's two more than, uh, than Mandalorian. Okay, so we're gonna, and we're already nine. in episode three. So we've got we've got six to seven more episodes to go. Um, you, you have to kind of, they're going to have to put a lot into the next couple of episodes because you're assuming that what? If we go nine, ten episodes, you're assuming that by about, Episode seven, episode eight is when everything's going to start to ramp up and everything's going to really start going, you know, full speed. And that's going to kind of be the climax of everything. So this is that middle chunk where if you just think about regular television storyboarding or even just storytelling in any aspect, this is this is that that chunk where you get into a lot of the exposition and you get into a lot of the who, what, where and why. Right. Yeah. Um, then you kind of get, then that leads you back to the climax, and then you kind of hit that that big crescendo. We've had the slow build. Now I'm expecting for that meat to be to be served to us, and then let's go into the icing on the cake at the end of it. Brian, uh, I mean, so overall, I I love it um, because they're they're putting the characters through a development that we don't get the chance to see in the cinematic experience. 
Um, Wanda was definitely a character that needed this uh, because there's so much history to her. And I, I like the fact that they're, that they're giving us all the character development. Um, so I think overall, I'm, I'm very happy with what the show has done so far. Um, and I'm excited to see uh, where, where does it end and how it ties to the cinematic world. But I think overall, the, the writing has been really good. Um, the way that they present things are, are very good. And so, yeah, so it's, it makes to, it elevates the characters in a way that you, that we don't see them in the cinematic world. So, you know, sometimes you, you want to see more of the characters, but there is no time because a character can only get so much development in a cinematic uh, movie. So I, I, I love the fact that um, they're doing this and I'm excited for all the, all of the Marvel shows. It just brought an interesting thing to mind. I, I kind of remember there is that, you know, because obviously we, 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 certain scenes stick with us. We still have the Halloween scene that hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah. I think it might be this episode. Right. Yeah. And so here's the funny thing. We talk about there's no kids in Westview, but obviously in the trailer scene, when we saw the Halloween scene, there were a bunch of kids running around. So it's almost as if are the kids of Westview created because now Wanda needs inhabitants to play with her children. So that's gonna be very interesting. Um, so that scene is like the big scene, that scene and obviously um, the scene where you see a lot of the sword agents and Jimmy Woo kind of running up on the bubble as to what's going on, as well as the scene where Wanda and Vision are finally in you know, Avengers gear and they're kind of just like, he's like, what do you wanna do? Then we fight for this, right? So mm -hmm. there are three very big scenes we haven't seen yet. And it's gonna be very interesting to see how those play oh, yeah. out the last couple of episodes. So I think right now we're, yeah. we're, we're, they're just laying a lot of nuggets. We're in still full wild ride. Like how you just pointed, we still haven't seen those big scenes yet. Um, I feel like there is a lot of nuggets that are there that are going to lead into a really huge picture of what Feige is looking to set up for the MCU going into this next phase. Um, and he said himself, it's like the fact that they're going to be able to do more with the shows now, since the TV division and Disney Plus. I mean, we still have Falcon and um, Bucky and Falcon, Winter Soldier and Falcon to come out. We still have um, the now Hawkeye, instead of a movie, is going to be a show. And I think like how, you know, piggyback what Brian said, like there's only so much you can do in a cinema movie. They're using this to really flesh out the character who, which... Again, her power set. We really haven't seen her power set in the movies. We're now getting a taste of what this character can actually do. She is probably one of many, uh, one of the few alpha mutants in the comic book world of Marvel. Because the simple fact that she was able to change reality multiple times. <laughs> So we're getting a very huge taste of this character. And those who are casual fans who don't know what we're talking about in terms of the character, I feel like they're going to see so much more of this character and appreciate this character so much more once we get to the final episode. They're going to be like, wow, this is what comic book fans have enjoyed these whole years. Like, yes, she is a badass. But um, let's go with where we can find you guys. Brian, where can we find you? Let us know. You find me everywhere as he creates on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and at my own website at ingreates.com. Pete, 
Where can we find you? The voice of the generation. Let them know. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, even though it's my most terrible platform, at Rosado. <laughs> Um, it's, it's terrible. Uh, at, at Pete Rosado 87 on Instagram at PD Rosado four zero eight seven. And obviously you can catch me every Saturday along with the queen, uh, BK Matt and the, uh, the soul of R and B, uh, Dre as your host for the, your sports show podcast every Saturday, we broadcast live on uh, Facebook, Twitch and everything. And the episodes drop every Monday on all streaming platforms. And if you guys are not tired of hearing me and Tony's voice, you can hear us on the Medusa's Cascade podcast, where Tony plays an awesome, daring paladin, and I play an asshole. That sounds about right. <laughs> How is that different from real life? For either it's not. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> no, but check it out. The Medusa's Cascade podcast. Every Saturday, new episodes come out. So make sure you check it out for me on. So this has been your boy, Sebastian. And your boy, Tone. Across the hall. Like, subscribe, and keep following. Peace. Later. Later.